0: Namibia's premier business show. This is The Business Report on NOVA 1035.
1: Tonight's business report comes to you on a night Namibia is still coming to terms with the death of President Hage Geingob. As the super smooth transition of power and the opening of Parliament this afternoon shows, though, life must go on. In tonight's show, we in fact speak to a man who is about as passionate about the country as former President Geingob was – Stefan Tablanche joins us in the Alex Forbes lead story to talk about the challenges and opportunities facing the transport and logistics sector in 2024. In the Market Watch, Michelle speaks to independent economist Gabriel Erastus about government budgets and their performance against the targets they set themselves. And CEO of the Hospitality Association of Namibia, Gita Petzold, gives us a quick look back at 2023 before sharing with us what the tourism sector can look forward to this year. But first, here's some of the top business stories today in your Biz News Update.
0: Here's a look at some of today's trending business stories. Biz News on The Business Report. The Biz News is brought to you by Ashburton Investments. Fully invested to help your assets grow, encouraging, encouraging economic, economic growth. growth. Biz, Biz News. News.
2: With your business news, I'm Tonata Kavila. Namra says that over 100 million Namibia dollars was sent out of Namibia, especially to South Africa, and then off to Asia and Europe. Tax Commissioner Sam Shivute said the transactions were done by tax evading businesses using ghost companies. Coal producer Sereti Resources has started building South Africa's biggest wind farm as the country's mining industry seeks to cut its reliance on ESCOM. The Seriti unit plans to build infrastructure capable of providing 900 megawatts of green energy over the next few years. Remaining in the region, Zambia plans to directly buy and sell a portion of the copper it produces competing with trading giants such as Mercuria and Glencore. The country says trading the metal will boost pricing transparency and Tesla shares fell nearly 4% Monday after a Wall Street Journal report shed light on Elon Musk's unusually close personal and financial ties with members of the Carmakers Board of Directors fueling concerns on Wall Street about a lack of real oversight and one of the world's most powerful ceos taking a look at your latest financial indicators the namibia dollar is trading at 18.96 to the u.s dollar 2036 to the euro and 23.79 to the british pound gold is trading at 2026 u.s dollars 90 cents a ounce. while brent crude oil costs 77.99 cents a barrel i'm tonata Kavila. stay tuned for more updates
0: The Biz News was brought to you by Ashburton Investments. Speak to your financial advisor or visit us at ashburtoninvestments.com. About investing with Ashburton. A snapshot of some of today's biggest business stories. Biz News on the Business Report. Today's biggest business story. The Future Media News Team speaks to the people at the heart of it political intrigue, results, currency and crypto, mining and green hydrogen, and so much more. Tune in on Nova 1035 on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6pm with repeats at 5.30 the following morning to stay up to date with the biggest stories in Namibia. The lead story is proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact.
1: Welcome back to the Business Report. I'm speaking this evening to CEO, MD of the FP Detroit Transport Group, Mr. Stéphane Tablanche. Good evening, Mr. Tablanche. Good evening. Nice to be with you. I'd, I'd like to speak to you tonight about trends and challenges in 2024, but perhaps we should first take a look back. What What was 2023 like for the freight and logistics sector?
3: Well, for the freight and logistics sector, I think it was uh, it was a good year. Uh, in our personal uh, in our business mm-hmm. personally we have uh, we are very satisfied with the figures mm. everything really we we are blessed and i think what i heard from other transporters logistics people they experience more or less the same you know okay. there is some People say no, it was not that good, but it's always it's normal. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So looking ahead, then, uh, one of the
1: challenges I assume from last year that, that hasn't gone away uh, is congestion and delays at South African ports, uh, with the situation in the in the Red Sea now as well. Do you foresee more freight landing at at Wolfers Bay this year, and and how does that change how Namibia's logistics sector
3: operates? Yeah, see, it's uh, what happened in South Africa, Cape Town, Durban specifically, uh, the congestion there, and the delays that we experience, and our customers, what Mm -hmm. they experience, because it's them that experience, and in the end it's us Mm -hmm. that must bring the stuff to Namibia and and to the the other southern countries. (laughs) That created a huge opportunity for Wallfish Bay, you know, and uh, our government invested uh, substantial, I mean, billions uh, in the port uh, of Wallfish Bay. And we must now make this asset work for us Mm -hmm. The asset must sweat And this is very important It is so important that we increase the volumes Mm -hmm. Currently our costs is too high. Okay. That is what all uh, the, uh, the businesses, the mines and so are uh, telling us. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of stuff from Zambia, from Zimbabwe, from DRC are going uh, through to Beira and to Dar and to all these places. So we must look at our prices. And the only way you can get the prices down is your your cost per unit. Mm-hmm. So so you know, your fixed cost is still there, say so um, much millions. Uh, if if you increase the container numbers coming through Namport, the price per container, the fixed cost can mm. come down and we can become more competitive. That is so important. And we must now as a country, Namport, we all work together so that we um, use this opportunity because it's a huge opportunity because mm. we have a very good facility. But there is some challenges, and we, as the private sector, are always willing. And uh, I mean Namport, and our government uh, knows it. We are working to together with them, and we want to support and mm. want to come up with with uh, suggestions that we can make. How yeah, we can, uh, you know, increase the volumes and 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 make it a very very for Namibia a, a good opportunity that that can mean quite a lot for our country mm. and. Uh, all the businesses related to that. Okay. Switching from sort of international trade to freight
1: coming through South Africa, there's, there's a move, perhaps not so much in Namibia just yet, but of people increasingly buying things like even furniture and fridges online these days. Uh, with Amazon launching in South Africa this year, how, how will that impact the local
3: sector? You see, this is not our because we are only 2.6 million uh, mm. people in Namibia. But what we are talking is the mining industries. Mm. That volumes coming from... You know, the copper, the lithium mines uh, in uh, DRC, Zambia, Zimbabwe, you know, all from Botswana. And we must, that's the big opportunity. Okay. You know, the other, we are only 2.6 million. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, the volumes can increase, but that is not where the, <laughs> the, the, the the quantities are coming from. And we must cooperate and work together, of course. We have a lot of customers that will tomorrow send all their load through uh, Walfish Bay, uh, N- Namport, mm. but currently our prices is too high. The other problem that we have is, is uh, you know, congestion at the border posts. Mm. This is the biggest single challenge. I mean, in the last week we have so much problems at the borders due to the IT system, Asakuda, that uh, uh, our NAMRA is using. Mm. Uh, and yeah, we are working with them also together to see because they upgrade and then after the upgrade, there was a lot of on and off yeah. and on and off the system. So you have a build-up of trucks at the border post and that is a big challenge. We must... Uh, work very hard at it to to see how we can increase the efficiency and decrease the standing times that we have at border posts. Of course, mm. this is hurting everybody and the, the consumer in the end. Of course, we must put through that charges if a truck is standing. There is no income. Mm. So what must you do? You must plan for. Standing times, and it's not necessary. We can get this up to a level where, say, a truck will not stand longer than an hour at the border post, and not for hours and mm. half days or days. That is so important uh, that we work all together very, very hard to c- come up with a solution. Uh, for for it's in the interest interest of all uh, our people, our Namibian citizens, and the other Saudi countries. Mm. So, the, the saying goes that when South Africa sneezes, Namibia catches the flu. But,
1: I mean, like with the ports, it, it looks like their crumbling rail network could actually benefit us too. Botswana is looking to a Trans Kalahari railway to evolve first. Of course, the ongoing project of creating a viable Trans Caprivi railway. Do you see more freight moving to
3: rail and fewer trucks on the road in the future? Well, hopefully, there will be more uh, trucks going or, <laughs> or loads going onto rail. But we know uh, the challenges, our own, mm. TransNAMAP in South Africa, Transnet, the challenges is very big. Mm. Uh, I don't see now currently that I see any improvement uh, on the rail, what is happening there. But there's also a lot of potential. Mm. But it's about efficiencies. That is the thing. And address the real problems. That's what should be done. We can have a rail network that we can be proud of. But... Unfortunately, currently, I think not in Namibia, not in South Africa. We can't be proud on our rail network, Mm. what is happening there. And, uh, of course, you know, a lot of people ask me, how will it, um, won't it harm your business, the, the road mm. No, it's important for us to have also uh, a lot of loads on the rail for our country. There's a lot of opportunities mm. that we have, especially down to Namport. And, uh, yeah, we must, we must work hard as a country together on that. Again, private sector must become involved in this. Government must create the climate For investors, Mm. for businesses to say, listen, we also want to be involved with the rail uh, lines and so. And that is because we as businesses, we can show the results are there. We can do business. That is what we are there for. Uh, Government must create the right climate. That is so important so that it's easy to do business Mm. and create. Because our biggest challenge, we all know it, is job opportunities. Mm. Our unemployment rate of 40% in Namibia, 40% plus. This is a very, very big problem that we have. The social problems we have, it's all about this. Mm -hmm. If if we can bring that down only to 20, uh, you you know, in the US, the Western world, they're talking of three, 4% unemployment. We are working on 40 in Mm -hmm. South Africa on 34. This is the real problem that we have. Of course, if people have a job, They won't have time to steal and to do all this uh, uh, bad things Uh and so. And this is what we must work harder. And that's why I'm so, you know, optimistic about uh, uh, what is happening in our country with the mines, uranium mines Uh as well, where the uranium prices now, mines that close down start up again. The copper mines, the gold mines, Uh everybody, uh, uh, you know, and we must use this opportunity to create jobs also with namport you it's a chain effect uh-huh. if we can uh, increase the volume say 30% at least per annum that's what we must aiming for 30% per annum uh-huh. in container volumes that is what should happen so in 3 years we can all, we can double the volumes huh. That will create a lot of job opportunities yeah. it 's not only in import it 's the trucks on the road it 's the fuel stations it 's the maintenance guys it 's the guys selling trucks and all that that 's so there 's huge opportunities for all of us and that is what we must work hard at, to create jobs and not to lay off people <laughs> yeah. and to sit with that problem but the the challenge is there now. think about the future with with the 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 oil and gas mm-hmm. uh, in the next four to seven years from now the, the green hydrogen there's so many opportunities but the climate must be there for mm. businesses to say listen I want to invest in Namibia I want to invest it's easy to do business there there's not a red tape and all these type of things and, and, and for us as truckers all the standing mm. times and all that, that that hurt a business and it, it increase your costs." To listen to the full interview, go to the podcast page on
0: futuremedia.com.na. The Lead Story was proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes Insight, Advice, Impact. was today's lead story a closer look at one of the biggest issues making the news today make sure you don't miss any of our features by looking out for our podcasts on futuremedianews.com.na
2: slaan van jouw content kopieer met de cashconverters Advance loan, voor te tot content een werkelijkheid wordt. Heb jij bijvoorbeeld een groot geleentheid wat voorleen, maar jij het extra content daarvoor nodig, dan kan die cashconverters Advance loan die oplossing wees. is. Gaan eenvoudig naar jou naaste cashconverters toe, met jubileesbare elektronische of technologische tuursten of ienig iets waardevol. Cashconverters zou het veilig jou, terwijl jij de content krijgt wat jij benodig. Cash Converters. We buy, we sell, we loan cash.
0: With our ancient desert and endless coastline and vistas, Namibians understand the value of time. At Ashburton Investments, our local team combines international capabilities and proven strategies with local commitment and insights to deliver quality returns over time. Visit ashburtoninvestments.com or speak to your financial advisor about investing with Ashburton. Ashburton Investments is a member of the First Rand Namibia Group and registered with Namfisa. Where some see a challenge, others see an opportunity. The Market Watch. We take a deeper dive to help you see them both.
4: Welcome to the Market Watch. My name is Michelle, and today I'm speaking to Gabriel Erastus, an independent economist and no stranger to Nova's business report. Good day, Gabriel, and welcome to our show.
5: Good day, too, ma'am.
4: So it only seems as if we're speaking about government finances twice a year, so with the annual budget approval in February and then the midterm budget update in October. And many market players have indicated to me that there is a need to dive into and obtain more regular updates and analysis. Especially our government is performing against its own targets more regularly through throughout the year. And more so the opinion is that there's actually enough money, the crux more lies into the to how it is allocated between all the all, all the different um, disciplines. So the budget will be announced in about two to three weeks' time. Um Gabriel, what I want to ask you is, is it true that there is enough, that it's just a question of allocation? And how can the national budget assist in achieving the national goals and aspirations of the country?
5: Yes, yeah. thank, thank you for that question, ma'am. And I, 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 I consent or I agree with, uh, with other market players or, or analysts that are asking for, for a broader conversation or an ongoing conversation about budget allocation. You have to understand that it's a national budget Mm. Meaning that how it get to be allocated, how it get to be spent, it needed to be influenced by the people, by the market, by the entrepreneurs, by everyone, by the citizen of the country. Now, if within our budget cycle when we are formulating it, we get to keep quiet, we are not engaging the people in the village, we are not engaging the people in the capital market, we are not engaging the people, the SMEs and the investors. Then, when it comes to our allocation. Where will we find the information, the practical and the real information from the ground that it can influence how we spend the dollar that we collected from the people? So that becomes the bigger question. So that's why now we call or there is a wide call. And this is not only coming from me. IPPR have indicated a long time ago that the budget cycle needs to be more inclusive. So that when the, the Minister of Finance and his team are going to sit down, their views and their aspirations are coming from the people. Not the political view, not the political aspiration or SOE needs, no. But the national agenda of where do we want to be and are we going, are we addressing what is on the ground? Mm. Because if if again, yeah, there is a gap when it comes to statistics in our country. Mm. The last time we did the the statistical analysis of unemployment was 2018. Now, when you're going to drop your budget, what is going to influence you? Mm. We're not on the ground or having the real statistic that actually tells you the unemployment rate. Then how will you address the unemployment rate if you do not have the statistics? So that now highlights the most important aspect of engaging your people, being on the ground from Katima to Luther to get the aspiration and to get the practical issues that they are facing so that it can motivate your budget.
4: Mm. Gabriel I'm going to quickly interrupt you there. So I'm definitely aware of some forms and it might only be on a very high level that they do engage with say the capital market but I I take your point and my question to you would be is how practically would you see that happening? Would you see that happening at sort of regional council level or or, or where do you see such interaction and and contribution to, to, to happen?
5: Yeah, like now there are some engagements that are happening. There is even a poster circulating for people to give input to the budget. But that is when how skilled it is and how biased it is. If the people at the, at the constituency level have no influence, then we have a problem. Like, like right now, I was looking at the Minister of Labour report in terms of uh, which regions are creating jobs, where the vacancies are coming. And all these vacancies are just coming from Winduk and Erongo. Mm-hmm. So you have already an issue there that at the constituency level they are not influencing the budget and and these are some of the best indicators that are telling you that if in Ongwena or intensively somewhere in Kunene the people are not influencing how the budget should be allocated then it also influences their economic development. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 we 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 need, actually, at the, the, the constituency level, the councillors to be to be more influential on how the budget gets to be allocated, especially for the means of urban and rural development, because that is where uh, those are the people on the ground. But we are not seeing such practical work happening. You inviting people to send emails is not rural friendly.
4: Mm. When do we expect? You, you see? Yeah. Um, sorry, Gabriel. So, so, so when do we expect now the outcome of the census? Um, somebody said to me it might still be a year until we have um, an outcome.
5: Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, because now they are actually doing now the final step. They they, they still they, they are still the, the, the doing the final step, which can probably take even four to six months. Mm. And again, it means our budget is not going to be influenced by again timely data. Mm. So that is now it means that the Minister of Finance have to take a different approach. Be on the ground. What are the, the constituency councillors or, or, or the royal councillors that are sitting on our second house saying and doing? Because they're supposed to be the, the, the eyes and the ears of, of government. Mm. But they, we, we, we change that, we make them political ears and political eyes instead of them actually listening to, 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 to the people on the ground and informing the Minister of Finance. Yeah, because the, the statistics are there.
4: Yeah, Gabriel, let me mm. let me now just get back to my earlier question. If you um, c- mm. could, could you maybe indicate, in your opinion, would you also say that there mm. is actually enough? It's just about allocation, or do you think actually that there are also still gaps on the income side?
5: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think to to from my observation, our budget is easy. I can say it's enough. Mm. If the problem is allocation mm.
4: so in the your opinion allocation
5: and management.
4: yeah so in your mm-hmm. opinion where do you where would you would have wanted to see some major reallocations from which to which area
5: yeah okay if you look at our aspiration as a country we want to be industrialized mm. we want to add value we want to promote entrepreneurship But which ministry now will you give money so so that happens? Mm. It means you have to take a look at the ministry of agriculture. It means you have to take a look at the ministry of uh, uh, trade and and, and, and enterprises development. Mm. So those two ministries are critical in terms of value addition and promoting entrepreneurship and actually producing more because every value added product, Mm. I mean every input for value addition comes from the agricultural sector. You cannot say you want to add value What are you going to add value to if your agriculture sector is not producing enough? Yeah. So, so we needed to work around and allocate more to the agricultural sector and the Ministry of Trade, which can promote entrepreneurship in terms of various, various things that it can assist the entrepreneurs.
4: Yeah, and create that employment that we so desperately need. Gabriel, unfortunately, that's all that we have time yes. for today. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us. I'm pretty sure we will talk again after the, after the budget announcement and see what has happened, and hopefully the, um, the voices gets, gets into the message. Thanks, Gabriel, and speak again
1: all right man thank you we're joined now by the ceo of the hospitality association of namibia Gita petzold who takes a look back at tourism figures for 2023 and gives us a bit of a hint as to what we can expect for this year
6: based on performance of 2023 and the prognosis of 2024 the namibian tourism industry is really in a very good space Um, we've just concluded the 2023 figures and although Room sales may be still 2% down on the levels of 2019. It is when you look at the bed occupancy, that means double room accommodation featuring mainly the leisure market, that is even up more than a percent on the level four years ago when we still had normal times. So we could definitely state that the leisure market here in Namibia has more than recovered. We are actually growing and that is of particular importance um, when you look at the amount of people coming from our main source market that still is central Europe. Um, Not only the German-speaking countries, Switzerland, Austria and Germany, but also France and Italy, which have shown tremendous growth last year. It's very exciting because some people would have claimed that that market is saturated and there is no growth opportunity, and yet Namibia has seen that there is still huge popularity for Namibia amongst the Central European market. Also it comes down to the fact that we do have a direct air connection between Namibia and um, the heart of Europe, which is Frankfurt. Discover Airlines serving us on a 10 times a week flight schedule really helps us boost those numbers but it still also speaks to the popularity of Namibia in that market and the opportunities for growth so very excited about those prospects and we do believe that for 2024 if I can believe the forward-looking and the bookings of um, some of our operators that even the big coach tours are coming back in this year. Um, we have seen a huge growth in the self-drive market Namibia has always been a very popular market for the self-drive tourists but um, we've seen an increase there and they not necessarily only the you know the budget traveller, but also what they now refer to as camping goes premium. So the glamping campers of this world, they really want a very high-end experience, but done on their own, um, in their own time and you know, choosing their own locations. That is one of the markets that is really, really strengthening here in Namibia, as well as on the other end, um, the high-end market. Namibia seems to be developing more and more into a very exclusive high-end market for years A small percentage of the international traveler, but they are there, and Namibia is ideal to service that market. We've also seen a lot of interest, also in potential investors um, investing in that market. Already, we have seen um, some of those major, major, exciting lodges um, developed in Namibia in the past couple of years. Um, there are four, five, six very high-end lodges just in the vicinity of Windhoek, and they seem to have a good market. So they they do good business. Um, so Namibia really has attraction both at the camping and the high-end market and um, especially the latter is the market that um, Namibia really stands good chance of developing. would be ideal because it is um, high returns and low impact. We have to bear in mind that Namibia is a fragile country, very pristine. Um, We have limited resources in terms of water most particularly and we are still looking at um, the effects of drought. Yes, the rains have started um, but we have challenges there and so in terms of developing and looking forward um, namibia should focus on um, the high end the low impact market that gives high and quick returns Um, but all in all namibia is a very popular destination Um, our safety our uh, pristineness, um, our political development, and uh, I dare not mention, but you know, the smooth transition that Namibia has just experienced now with the sad loss of our sitting president and the way that Namibia is handling these situations is another reason why Namibia is so popular as a travel destinations, and we as Namibians all have responsibility to ensure that we keep it at this very high level.
0: That was The Business Report on NOVA 1035. Listen to all these segments and previous episodes with our podcast service on futuremedianews.com.na. The Business Report is a Future Media News production with input from Michelle von Veig, Gary Struble, David Bishop and Raymond Seafelt. Comments and questions can be
5: sent to tbr at novo.com.na.